But I, I wanna jump into the idea of influence because I don't think I've seen influence more at work in my lifetime than I have seen it at work over the past eight weeks, nine weeks. Influence um, from media, influence from people in power, from people in our community and in our church, how people have used their influence, how people have used their platforms. And I wanna talk to you about how important your influence is. Um, Because whether you like it or not, somebody is watching your life. Somebody is leaning in to how you do life and they are reflecting you. Sometimes we don't like the world that we live in, but very often our world is a reflection of us. It's an amazing thing that we can elect somebody and then hate them for four years, but in reality, they're a reflection of our collective issues. Isn't it funny? And in the same way, we flip-flop. Personally, we flip-flop from Democrats to Republicans every four to eight years. Isn't it funny? Sometimes, here, here's the thing. If you don't like the world you live in, then you be the change that you want to see. All right, so I'm going to take you to Matthew chapter 5, and I want to talk to you today about this. I think this is going to help you. Matthew chapter 5, Jesus is teaching, and Jesus is preaching uh, his sermon on the mountain. The Bible says this, Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. And his disciples came to him, and he began to teach them. There's a difference here. And we see it all through scripture. There's a difference between being in the crowds that listen to Jesus and being a disciple that follows Jesus to the mountainside. It's one thing to be in a crowd. It's another thing to sit at his feet and to let him teach you. So I don't want to just be in the crowd. Is anybody in the room? You hear me today. I don't want to just be a part of the crowd. I want to be a true disciple of Jesus. This is what he says. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you, they persecuted me. If you notice this, Jesus is constantly pointing us to where our reward really lies. Where? Not here. If you're living for the rewards of this life, you're going to be disappointed. Jesus says you have great rewards in heaven. Verse 13 is where we're going to focus. He says, so you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. 
A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Jesus is telling us, live a life that makes people want to praise me. Live a life so well that people desire that the gospel would be true for them. Live in such a way that when people see you, they think of me. And they turn their heart and they turn their praise towards me. So Father, in Jesus' name, help us to properly see that we are people of influence. Help us to rightly use our influence. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said amen. Amen. Are you guys thankful for our worship team? Wasn't it great to be in the house? (laughs) You know a term that I just would rather not hear anymore, and I don't even want to say it because I just am so tired of hearing it. I'm tired of this. I'm tired of this. New normal. Is anybody else just, I'm sick of hearing new normal. For the first few weeks, I, had a, I have a lot of pastor friends all over the world, and we were talking, and so many of them would say, well, maybe online church is the new normal. And, and I, they, they, they stopped inviting me to these Zoom calls, by the way, because I just kept saying how I felt. And I told them, I said, listen, this is not a new normal. They, they were like, yeah, but we're reaching so many more people. And I said, no, if you really get into those statistics, you're not reaching more people. Listen, just, just a few weeks ago, someone told me, they said, hey, listen, we, we posted a Facebook video and we had 10,000 views. And I said, did you research this, those statistics? He said, no, it just said we had 10,000 people viewing. I said, well, go in and look at the actual research behind those views and how they're calculated. They went in and they looked and 8,000 of those views were three seconds or less. So what people are doing is they're turning on... You're, you're, you're live or you're broadcast, and then they're turning it off. <laughs> Just because they turned you on doesn't mean you have influence. If they keep you on, you have influence. <laughs> so I, I was telling people, this is not the new normal. This is not what people want church to look like in the future. This, I'm sorry, this is not the same as being in the house of God. By virtue of the fact that in the middle of a pandemic, we could pack this place out if we wanted to. Because people want to be in the house of God. I'm, I'm I'm over new normal. There are some things that I just don't have to accept. I just don't have to accept it. You're like, well, you, you just, you have to accept all change. Uh, No. Sorry, this is not one I'm accepting. I like being able to go pick my food up or people deliver my food to my house. I can deal with that change. If I never have to go to a restaurant again, I'm cool with that. Drop it off at my house. Don't even look at me, talk to me. Just drop it off at my door and walk away. I I can deal with that. But you cannot tell me that the new normal is people going to church at their house. That is not the new normal. There was blood, sweat, and tears put into this place. This place is valuable not to just us, but it's valuable to God. This is a house built for God. Somebody said, 
This is getting us back to the New Testament idea of church. I said, no. New Testament idea of church was, yeah, house church, but people gathering in houses together. Not individual families isolated and scared all by themselves watching church on a TV screen. Well, all right. So I'm just telling you, things were going pretty well. Churches were growing. People were being saved by the thousands and the millions. This is not a new normal. This is an interruption to normal. But this place, God's house, is where he wants his people to gather every week. They continue to gather in the temple, house to house. Online is a part of the equation. It's not the equation. So I want to encourage you, as soon as you are unafraid and you are ready, and you feel safe, get back to the house of God. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. I just had to say that. It has nothing to do with my message. <laughs> Matthew 5, 1 through 13, Jesus is defining influence. And I, I'm going to give you Webster's Dictionary of Influence. It means this, the power to direct the thinking or behaviors of others, usually indirectly. It's not by force but by influence. It's when you act and you cause a response by how you act. Some synonyms for influence are authority, clout. Anybody heard the word clout? They actually have an app that can give you a a clout grade. Don't do it. (laughs) It makes you feel so insignificant. I did it a couple years ago. I was like, wow, I don't even matter in this world. (laughs) Don't do it. Authority, clout, impact, effect, Pull, wait, impress, mark. In other words, like I said earlier, the people around you are in part a reflection of you. So if you don't like your world, if you don't like what you see around you, then change what people see when they look at you. I think so often in the church, we're so busy trying to fix others. And isn't that so much of our arguing and frustration and anger right now? We're trying to make everybody think like we think. And that's not really the way we, we, we change a society. We change a society by how we live. We model the way. And we make the way we model so good that people can't resist it. This is what Jesus did for us. He modeled a way. Jesus was perfect influence. And Jesus uses a word that for us doesn't really have the same impact that it would for this audience in this day. Jesus says in verse 13 of Matthew 5, he says, you are salt. You're the salt of the earth. And when I think of salt, I don't think of anything special. I think of something that's always around, that my dad uses way too much of. Get an amen from my brother in the back. It's salt. It's, it's so common. But in this day, it wasn't as common. Salt was rare. In this day, entire economies were based on its production and trade. Now today, salt has nearly 14,000 uses. Salt was, first of all, a preservative. It was a preservative for meat and for perishable foods. In other words, Jesus is teaching us that the world is rotting away. 
And the Christian is the preserving presence that keeps corrupt people from destroying every system and society on earth. This nation is blessed the way it is because it was founded on Christian ideas and principles. Have we made some mistakes? Absolutely. But we are blessed because God of Scripture has always been our God. (laughs) Salt was used as a, still is, as a flavor enhancer or or a flavor coverer <laughs> you put a little too much on it when you don't like what you're eating so it's so it's edible but it not only preserves but it makes things better we should leave if we are the salt of the earth we should leave our world our families our jobs our friends we should leave them better than how we found them It's one thing my dad taught me when I was growing up. If anybody ever gives you something and lets you borrow it, you should leave it better than you found it. Like if someone lets you drive their car, you you bring it back to them better than how you found it. And I got a question for you. Are you leaving better? Are you... When you left your previous church, did you leave it better than you found it? Or did you leave it... Salty, not salted, but salty. You know, there's a difference. You ever met a salty person? Not in the sense that Jesus is talking about, but a bitter, angry person. There are a lot of salty people right now, and that's not the salty I'm talking about. I'm talking about a salty that leaves things better than how you found them. If, if you borrowed a car and you return it, you put more gas in it than there was when you, when you borrowed it. You leave it better. This is, what, this is what salt does. Salt was used as medicine. It was very common for a doctor to have salt in his medical bag to clean wounds, to disinfect. In the same way, we should bring healing to a hurting society. This is what we should be using our influence for. Not for fights on Facebook, not for Twitter spats, not for Instagram feuds, but to be a preservative, a flavor enhancer. We should be medicine in a time when everybody is sick. We should bring healing to a hurting society. There should be evidence in the lives of the people around us that they have come into contact with us by their health and their wholeness. Salt was used by the Romans in that day in their religious activity, to drive away evil spirits. They, they would put salt on the thresholds of their homes. They would put salt on the, on the window seals. They believed that it would keep evil spirits away. That it would push back the darkness that was trying to overwhelm their lives. And in the same way, Jesus is saying to you and I, We should be a source of spiritual protection, deliverance, and safety to people who are being attacked by the enemy. Everybody you come into contact with is in a fight. You have to recognize that that I know they're spatting with you on Facebook right now, but that's not where the fight started. Somewhere internally there is a fight that everyone is fighting. Somebody is fighting something bigger than you. 
And if you are a true follower of Jesus, you recognize that I'm not gonna add to their fight. I'm not gonna add to their oppression. I'm not gonna add to their depression. I'm going to be a person who stands in spiritual resistance to the enemy, to Satan, to the darkness that's in their lives. Man, if, 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 if we're around, man, the enemy doesn't have a chance. Saul, salt was a, was a fertilizer. It was believed that salt could improve the quality of the soil and result in bigger and healthier crops. Man, when we enter a room, joy should increase. Favor should increase. Hope should increase. Man, when we enter a room, people, there should be a smile that comes on people's face because we walked in a room. When you walk in a room, do people walk out of that room? Jesus is saying, no, when, you, when, you, when you're salt, man, pe- joy increases, favor increases, blessing increases. When you read through Scripture, scripture there, there were so many times where, where a man or a woman of God would enter someone's house and the blessing of God would come on that house just because that person was in the house. Man. So if I'm a person... Of influence. If I was created to be salt, then how do I increase my saltiness? Not in the negative way. Not in Lot's wife form or fashion. You don't. You know, the Bible says that that when they were leaving Sodom, that anybody that looked back would suffer the consequences. And the Bible says that Lot's wife looked back and she became a pillar of salt. I just want to tell you, if your focus is in the past, you are very salty. Just not in a good way. But I want to increase my effectiveness, right? So I want to increase my ability to preserve, my ability to to push back the darkness, my ability to bring healing. So how do I increase my effectiveness when it comes to my my influence. I want to give you just a few ways, and I think these are going to help you as you move forward. Because over these next few months, over these next few years, leadership is going to be necessary. And, and I, I don't want you to look for leadership to come from somewhere else. I want you to look for leadership to come from within you. I believe in this time and in this day, God is raising up leaders, unusual leaders, leaders of all ages, types, and backgrounds, because we need people in every space of influence. Every space has been affected by this, and every space, from the family to your business to the economy, to the world, to people's lifestyle, to the way they behave, to the way they act. It's all from entertainment, all of it. All of it has been impacted. And God needs you to rise up and be the salt of the earth right now. We need leaders like we have never needed leaders before. We need baseball coaches. Come on, we need teachers. We need people who are managing businesses. We need moms. We need dads. We need people to stand up and be the leader that they have been called to be. So how do I increase my effectiveness? How do I increase my influence? The Bible, first of all, teaches us that influence comes from relationship. Social media influence is false influence. It's not real influence. As a matter of fact, social media influencers drive me up a wall. 
especially when, when people I really like and I follow on social media, when they have a lot of followers and then all of a sudden they start promoting products, that's a quick way to get muted in my timeline. Like all of a sudden this person I know, they got a couple hundred thousand followers and now, now they're promoting all these products. And I'm like, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm not buying stuff from Target because you told me to. I'm not, <laughs> you hear what I'm saying? And what's happening in our world today is a lot of people are doing things because someone with fake social media influence said they should do it. Magazine cover influence. All that's fake. It's doctored. It's not real life. Real life happens in relationships. And if you want real influence, then lean into your relationships. You might never reach a thousand followers on Instagram. That doesn't mean you have no influence. Real influence leans into the relationships that it can have an impact on. Personal relationship magnifies influence. Jesus, in Luke chapter 19 and verse 8, the Bible says he was traveling through a town and this guy named Zacchaeus wanted to see him. Zacchaeus climbs up in a tree. Jesus walks by and he sees Zacchaeus in the tree. says, hey, Zacchaeus, come down. I want to go to your house today. The Bible says while Jesus is just sitting and having a meal with Zacchaeus, this is an incredible thought. Think about this. Zacchaeus starts to say this in Luke chapter 19, verse 8. He says, look, Lord, here now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times that amount. What sparked this? Did Jesus preach a message? No, Jesus' very lifestyle of relationship forced you to change influenced you to change. When he looked at himself and he looked at Jesus, he said, I don't want to be me. I want to be him. Do you have a life that people can look at and say, man, I don't want this. I want, I want to act like that. I want to be kind like that. I want to care about people like, like that. Jesus believes that relationship with you is the best way to influence your life. And relationship with people is the best way to influence their life. Second thought is this, expertise. Because influence isn't what you say, it's what you skillfully do. I'm, I'm telling you, Psalm 78, 72, the Bible says, And David shepherded them with integrity of heart, and with skillful hands he led them. Competence amplifies your influence. <laughs> if you want to lead, get really good at something. Listen, you don't have to be good at everything, but if you are good at something, you can have influence and people will look to you in that area of influence. If Pastor Ron Lee were to come to you and say, hey, I'd like to talk to you about prayer. You'd be like, what, what do you got to say? Why? Because his life represents a life of prayer. But if someone you knew came to you and said, hey, I'd like to talk to you about prayer and they don't have a prayer life, you're like, what do you got to say to me about prayer? It's like when teenagers try to tell you how to raise your kids. You're like, excuse me? <laughs> Expertise will amplify your influence. Third thought, consistency. Consistency. Things you occasionally do have less influence than your daily practices. I want to tell you the, that 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 big gift that you bought her for Valentine's Day, that was special. That was great. 
but it's got less influence on your marriage than your daily practices in your marriage. Somebody wave at me and tell me, yeah, that's the truth. That's actually the truth. What you repeat gets repeated because people watch what you do more than they listen to what you say. Repetition is influence. You want to see something in the world around you? Model it. Repeat it. Do it daily. Consistency. In order to be consistent, you're going to have to fix your attitude. Because if you are constantly feeling negativity, then that probably means you are negative. If you are constantly feeling underappreciated, then that probably means you are not appreciating the people around you. Because you get what you put in. You reap what you sow. You want honor, sow honor. You want love, sow love. You want, you want trust, sow trust. You have to keep doing it and keep doing it. And the third thought is, how do you respond to failure when it comes to consistency? Because how you consistently treat people when they fail is going to fill them full of fear or confidence. That's why God is so trustworthy, because he treats us the same way every time we fail. Come on. I, I saw you doing it before you ever did it. Come here. <laughs> Man, fourth thought is this. Credibility. A promise not kept is influence lost. Jesus said, you're the salt of the earth, but if salt loses its flavor or it's watered down, then, then it's, not, it's not beneficial. If you're a Christian and you're not keeping your word, you are losing influence. If you say one thing and do another thing, you are losing your influence. Fifth thought is this, generosity. Generosity amplifies your influence. Proverbs 11 and 24 says, the world of the generous gets larger and larger and the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. You want to increase your influence? You want to have a deeper impact in people's lives? Be generous. Open up your heart. Open up your home. Open up your life. Open up your mind. Be generous with your time. Listen more than you speak. Man, we could use a lot of that right now. Come on, somebody. like We could use a lot of that. We stand with me? Jesus says, you're the salt of the earth. You're the light of the world. No one, no one hides the light. As a matter of fact, if you try to hide a light, it becomes a fire hazard. Because he didn't say you were a flashlight. He's like a light, like, like a fire. You try, to, you try to cover that up, you might set something on fire. And there are a lot of Christians running around, you're a fire hazard. Because you're covering up your light. Don't cover it up. Don't hide. Don't, don't step back. This is not a time to step back. Yeah, be cautious. Do your thing. But don't live afraid. 
be the salt of the earth. Make a difference in the world. You have an opportunity all around. I don't care, I don't care where you work, how, 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 how many people know your name. Every person in this room has an opportunity because you have a God who raises people from the dead living on the inside of you to make a difference. So if you were created to make a difference, then amplify that ability to make a difference. In Jesus' name. Father, we thank you. We thank you for the opportunity to be in your house. And for those who are watching online, we thank you for the technology that makes this possible. God, we're praying today that this church would be a church that properly uses its influence. That we wouldn't just stand on a hill and shout to the world all of the stuff they're doing wrong, God, but that we would walk down into the world and show them the light of Jesus by how we live our lives. Help us to increase our effectiveness in the name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said amen.